0: Changing healthcare starts with a dream better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor recommended dose of MD innovation.
1: So this is Dr. Gregory Goodman on The Modern MD. This is episode number 32. Really excited today. We've got AJ Major, who is our first medical student. He's an entrepreneur, medical student activist, and inspiring physician journalist. He's the founder and editor-in-chief of In Training, the online magazine by medical students and for medical students at intraining.org. He's also the founder of In House, the online magazine for residents and fellows at inhousestaff.org. He was a nominee of MedTech Boston's 40 Under 40 Healthcare Innovators Award and is a current medical student at Albany College. Ajay, welcome to the Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks for the great introduction.
1: So tell us a little bit more about you, Ajay, and your journey as a physician entrepreneur.
0: Yeah, so I am actually a Hoosier, born and bred from. Indiana. And I came out to New York State for undergrad and for medical school as part of kind of an eight-year program. It was a BS, MBA, MD program. So I kind of had a feeling early on, even before I was a pre-med, that I maybe wanted to do something kind of in the business and entrepreneur type space. So in college, I joined up with the Concordiensis, which was the official student newspaper and kind of I wasn't expecting to get involved in journalism, but very quickly grew to love the culture around it and the community that you kind of build when you work, you know, in the office of a, of a publication. And I actually was editor-in-chief there for, for two years. And, you know, that kind of formed this idea in my mind that student journalism and student writing is pretty integral part of the experience of, of kind of education. And so when I started medical school me and actually my managing editor at the, the Concordia is the, the short name for it, kind of thought to ourselves, well, there's not really a good place for medical students to communicate with each other on kind of like a virtual stage. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, e-zines and blogs that were out, but there was nothing really that was targeting the medical student community specifically. So... Her and I kind of got together and we we put our heads together and we came up with this idea for In Training, the you know, online magazine for medical students, and we officially launched it in July of 2012. And so four years later that we've been editor-in-chief of this publication, we've published 800 pieces by around 300 medical student writers in seven different countries. And you know what first started out as mostly a, a kind of a reflective list. I mean, a lot of the first pieces we received were medical students talking about their first experiences in gross anatomy lab or their first patients on the floors, you know, when they became third years, it's now actually very much evolved into a place where people discuss broader issues in not only medical education, but also in in healthcare and in in medicine. I mean, policy, people talk about, you know, literature, art, we get a lot of people who poems, really talking about this all-encompassing experience of what it means to be to be a medical student, to be, a, a, to be in training. And so that's kind of where we where we come today.
1: What an incredible journey, and it sounds like you've built such a really awesome community. I think during your, your training and in, in medical school, it's nice to be able to share kind of at a broader level, and I think you've really created such a nice community to do that. So we'd love to start the show off with a success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you or something that you live by?
0: My quote is actually, it's it's know when to put it all aside. So in training, when we first started was, it was just me and my colleagues, you know, and the very first time we sent out a call for entry, we received, you know, 200 emails over the period of like a couple of days. And it was just her and I before we really got any other editors kind of involved with, with helping us run the publication. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're also a medical student. I mean, that's kind of your your primary obligation. So, you know, the, I think the biggest challenge for her and I was knowing when, you know, like I said, when to put it all aside. You know, when it came to study for step one, it was like, OK, you know, most of the Day-to-day work in the publication, we actually got our managing editor, who was still in you know a, a, in her preclinical year, to kind of manage that for us, so we could dedicate ourselves for six weeks studying for the exam. Or you know, when I was on my AI, my acting internship for medicine, just a couple of months ago, it was like, okay, listen, my co-editor-in-chief, Alina, I'm like, you're going to have to you know take the main kind of steering wheel for the next couple of weeks because this is like an important opportunity for me. And you know, during her AI, I did the same thing. So it's it's knowing when. You really need to focus purely on kind of the clinical work you're doing and, you know, having kind of the foundation in in place for people to kind of pick up the, the ropes as you're doing that.
1: I think that's a really awesome quote. You know, medicine doesn't have a set schedule. I know I'm working tonight. You know, it's hard to kind of manage that balance, I think, especially when you do other things. But it's important to your point to kind of block off or chunk off time, I think, for both passions. And it sounds like you've really found a way to do that. So I want to get into our white coat to business suit. I know you're our first medical student on the show. Really an honor to have you on the show with all the incredible work that you've done. Can you talk about kind of your journey starting the publication and maybe what you see the future for uh, your career being?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So as far as kind of the basis component, when we started the publication, it was it was completely kind of a self-funded venture. I mean, fortunately... Existing in the online space is actually pretty inexpensive and it's manageable, kind of with personal funds. But so you know, after the first year and when we you know really saw traffic spikes and we had to buy more hosting, we quickly saw that we needed to have kind of a system in place to finance the publication. So my my co-founder and I, as well as one other colleague I had from from my time in undergrad, the three of us founded Pager Publications Incorporated, which is literary non profit corporation. Which we actually just about earlier this year got 501c3 not-for-profit status for, to basically be the financing and kind of administrative support arm for a number of publications that that we started. So, in-training being one of them, in-house, which you mentioned, being, being the other one. So, that's kind of the business model that we use because the fact of the matter is that in-training must always exist in the medical student hands for it to kind of retain that authenticity, which is the whole point of it being, you know, kind of the agora of the medical student voice. That's kind of the, the term we use, the Grecian center for, for the medical student voice. So as a result, when I leave medical school in the next six months on the residency, you know, I already have some people in mind who are going to be taking up a you know, publications editor-in-chief. But the fact of the matter is that I don't want them to be focused on the financing and the administrative stuff, so we kind of founded this company to take care of that for them so they can truly be dedicated to working on, you know, what an editor and she really should be working on, which is, you know, the publication and and, and that process. So that is kind of the business take I bring into it, is providing a structural support for various publications in medical education to exist in kind of a, a, a grassroots way. So I hope to be doing that throughout my career, I think supporting student-driven and training driven kind of grassroots work, whether they be publication, books, what have you, is really important and providing kind of the business and financial structure because I have training in those areas for those to succeed because like I said, a lot of medical students don't have that training. It's kind of where I see being an integral part of, of my career.
1: That's really awesome kind of connecting those pieces and giving others the ability to share their voice or share their kind of special talents without being Know held back by the business piece. I think that's really exciting, and it sounds like you've got your next piece, which is in house. So we'll be able to hopefully probably share that journey. You know, through each experience, it'll be kind of a you know, and then if you do fellowship, so you've got a few more publication possibilities. I'm assuming with some more training in house. So can you just talk about you know we have this idea to venture section. Can you talk a little bit about in training and, and kind of your big vision for it? You know, what are some of the insights that you've had or some of the challenges maybe you had starting the publication?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in training is meant to be a online space for basically medical students to experiment with all aspects of, of their medical education. And what I mean by that is, you know, medical students, the, the when we started early on, you know, we said, when you go to medical school, you don't just disappear for four years and then like come out a doctor. You go through You come in with incredible depth and richness of experience. And so many of my colleagues have, you know, worked for the Peace Corps or worked in the community or, you know, worked with startups. I mean, and then you come to medical school and there's kind of historically been this precedent of just putting those kind of way to the side, not only working on them, and then you kind of bring them back at some point in the future. So what we wanted to do is create a publication where people could talk about those ideas that they came in medical school with in the medical school framework and share it with their colleagues. So, you know, I have colleagues who work in medical humanities who come in and they talk about how humanism plays into their you know daily lives as medical students and into the patients that they see. I have colleagues who work very extensively in research who talk about the importance of research in, in, in a career in medicine. So it allows us to basically build this kind of institutional memory. That's the term we use for it. An institutional memory of where medical education is now and kind of where it's going. And it's all generated by people who are act- actively in the training process. It's not filtered through attendees or administrators. That, you know, a lot of publications use those, those staff to, to run publications and filter just by us and kind of, a, like you said in the beginning, by medical students and for medical students. So what in-house represents is our desire to create this spectrum. We want to create a spectrum of publications that spans the entire journey through through training, You know, at some point in the future, we may be interested in opening something up for pre-medical students, basically to get students into this idea of writing, experimenting with writing, experimenting with communicating with their colleagues as well as with the public, being able to develop a language, develop a dictionary to talk about these things that they're interested in and be able to kind of continue those interests throughout all of training and, you know, not just have them fall by the wayside because your, you know, shelf exam or your you're big neural final is coming up.
1: That's really awesome. I love that. And I do think it's so important to explore other Interest while you're in medical school, and you know, kind of express those interests. And I think the format that you've created is uh, really exciting. Can you talk maybe about a lesson learned? I know whenever you start anything, it sounds like you know you started a nonprofit, which funds you know both of these publications. Can you just talk maybe about a lesson learned? You know, through your journey starting you know both uh, publications and the nonprofit, and you know maybe some advice for for other medical students interested in, you know exploring some of the other opportunities.
0: Absolutely. I think whenever you start any venture, and that's not
1: necessarily like publication, any project that you start,
0: you really have to do kind of your homework and the majority of your legwork up front before you even launch the project to build in a structure for continuity. Because the number one kind of issue that I've seen, I mean, throughout all of the, I was very extensively involved in, in my undergraduate years in clubs and organizations and the newspaper and TV station, radio, et cetera. There's kind of this. Ed and flow, especially smaller schools. I went to a, a school that was twenty two hundred students, where you know organizations kind of live and die based on the students that run them. And a lot of what I've seen, the reason that that kind of is the case is that people just aren't doing the legwork up front. Leadership's not doing the legwork up front to make sure that like is there a structure in place to you know, elect someone new when, when you come around, you know, do you, when do you start considering new applications? For us at the Concordia, you know, my college newspaper, we started looking for the next editors and chiefs almost a year in advance. And it was actually codified. It was almost written in our kind of in our bylaws that, you know, that process begins many, many months before that transition occurs because you have to kind of Tease out who's ready for the position, who's not, who needs more training, who has the vision and and the mission of the organization at heart. So I would say, you know, building and writing down in kind of a bylaws format all of the things that you want to happen as the publication moves forward in the future is important because fact matters. Those can always change. I mean, you know, for in training, you know, we originally saw the publication as a newspaper. We thought originally we were going to have reporters. And medical schools all across the country, and within the first year, we actually reverted back to a magazine format because we realized that that's not what the medical community needed. That's not what the medical community wanted to write about. And so we went back and we changed all of our bylaws and rewrote everything to make it more in a magazine format and stay true to that kind of format. But the fact matters: we were able to change it. If you don't put any structure in play in the beginning, if you get to the point where you know you need a transition or something needs to happen, you don't have any third you don't you don't have any basis upon which. I think the number one lesson I've learned is being ahead of the game and making sure everything's kind of codified right from
1: the start. I think that's so important. And just to kind of summarize, I mean, having the plan, having kind of a successor, you know, especially as you transition, you know, and training that person to kind of take over, you know, and live that vision and, and continue through, you know, I think uh, a lot of the successful companies do that really well and they live way beyond the founders. So I want to shift to our, not your typical hospital rounds. So these are business rounds. Ajay, what what is the best advice that you've ever been given?
0: The best advice I've ever been given is find a partner in crime. One of my mentors when I was in undergrad working this paper said, you, no matter what venture you do, you have to find a partner in crime. You have to find someone who understands you, who operates on kind of your same level, and who is willing to fully partake in the venture with you. Because so much, and this is one of my mentors, he, he actually is, now the editor-in-chief of, of In-House is, you know, he said, listen, we're in medicine. And just as you said a few minutes ago, I mean, it's unpredictable. Our patients come first, things happen. And the fact of the matter is if you have someone who's there with you to, to kind of operate on your same level, you'll always have some backup and the organization will never suffer. In all of the ventures that I've done, when I was at Concordia, I had my co-editor-in-chief, who to this day is a, a very dear friend of mine and we work really well together. My ex- editor, co-editor-in-chief of, in training I've known for eight years, and we operate on such the same wavelength. As a result, you know, when things come up in life or in medicine and otherwise, you know, I have someone to rely on to make sure that all this work within this organization is, is you know, does at law.
1: I think that's so important. That's really great advice. I think at the end of the day, it's really about the people you work with and having somebody, you know, to your point, that's right alongside you that, you know, can kind of help lead the charge and, and pick up the pieces as uh, things change is really important. So kind of along those same lines, do you have a daily success habit or a morning routine that you might attribute some of your success to?
0: Pretty much every day before I go to bed, whatever hour that may be, I mean, I just got off from emergency medicine a month ago and, you know, whether that was seven in the morning or three in the afternoon, you know, whatever, is I always sit down and I kind of look at my email inbox and I just kind of make a little to-do list kind of in my Google task of what needs to be accomplished kind of in the next 24 hours. And I always like to do it before I go to bed because it kind of allows me to, then when I wake up the next morning, evaluate what did I think was important at the end of the day yesterday? Because often whatever I thought was important at the end of the day yesterday may or may not be what is actually important to get done today. But it allows me to kind of be mindful of my thought processes and kind of continually evaluate kind of where where I stand and kind of the the day-to-day things that that need to get done for the various things that I'm involved with.
1: I love that. You know, uh, 24 hours because in medicine, things change so quickly. So that kind of snapshot is nice to to kind of give you a, a game plan. The last question is, you know, more broadly speaking on healthcare trends. What are you most excited about in healthcare and where do you see the future going?
0: I am most excited, and I can tell you this outright, is the we are on the cusp of a major Revolution in how medical education is going to work. Already to this day, medical schools across the country are trying flipped classrooms. They're changing the way that they educate their students. They're kind of messing with the traditional four year model of education in favor of different models to, to train the next generation of, of physicians. And what I find so powerful about that is that, you know, medicine today is different from when medicine was kind of the traditional medical education model was established by Flexner over 100 years ago medicine today, there's so much more knowledge, so much more of what we do is kind of on the online space. Technology has such more, you know, more of an important role. Specialization has increased. As a result, the way, you know, it's impossible for a medical students in the same and age and a physician, quite frankly, to know it all, like it was 50, 70, 80 years ago. So as a result, the way that educate educates, tra- you know, trainees has to be, different. it has to focus on work in the terms of advocacy, working in areas of humanity, working in in quality improvement, working in kind of the technology and information technology sphere. I mean, these are all components that physicians will be looked upon to have some sort of opinion on and to, to shape the future of medicine. I mean, unfortunately, in, in medicine, we've lost so much of kind of our domain to other other parties and players. And what's great about the a lot of these new novel medical education type structures is that they're training physicians to have competencies in areas that are certainly related to medicine but are not traditionally seen as being they're kind of seen as the soft side of medicine. But quite frankly, we need those competencies in order to be able to actually affect change and, and, and make healthcare and medical education a better place. I mean as I go on the interview trail now on residencies, I see residencies who have, you know, as part of their their noon conferences, they're ta- you know, teaching their residents about about resource management and about healthcare delivery and healthcare structures. I mean that's not something that was historically been done but what people see now is that physicians with not only all the clinical framework, you know, and having that kind of that clinical context to everything to really make big differences. I mean, I know residents and medical students who are developing new EMRs based on their clinical experience and things that are, you know, patient engagement type tools that are, you know, really meant to get patients more involved in their care, especially in the area of chronic disease. I mean, that's the kind of work that needs to be being taught to medical students. And it's a lot of schools are now, you know, really understanding the wealth of that. So I think that's. That's the trend that I, I see happening right now in, in medicine, and I'm very excited for it because I see in training it's kind of a place for students to play and experiment in, in, in those various spaces.
1: That's so awesome. I, I think the role, to your point, of a physician is truly changing to more of a transformative, you know, opportunity where physicians don't just practice clinically, but you know, play a role much broader in the system and, and really lead an impact. So it was a, it was an absolute honor to have you on the show, Aj Major. Thank you so much for joining us on The Modern MD. We're looking forward to uh, watching you know, such a successful career. And thanks for inspiring so many medical students and residents and training to think broadly and, and make a difference. Thank
0: you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.